The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the panel discussion. You're on for pop culture and comic book talk right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, uh, as always, my partner in crime. Schmini is here, uh, holding the fort down, enjoying life for another wonderful week. Yeah, you're almost Disney-bound, my friend. I am. I have two more weeks, so you got me this week, next week, and then I'm gone for deuces. Two weeks, B, me and Baron are going to Disney, right, Baron? I'm after the train. Mm. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Baron's here. Hey. Yes, yes, I am here, you see. Uh, I'm going to go down to this, this world, this Walt world of Disney, and I'm going to rummage around. I've heard that there's a Muppet Theater, but yeah. I don't know if it's still there. I've been told it's been moved to the Capitol, the Capitol in the Liberty Square, right? I- Isn't that right, Schmitty? Yeah, they moved it to Liberty Square. They do like this whole history of the U.S., which I don't care because it's got Sam the Eagle. So I got to see they that show. They moved the Muppet Theater? I think they did for Star Wars Land. That's fucking bullshit. Because it was like right behind where I'm not. Don't quote me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, well, find, gonna, out gonna find out in two weeks. Out two weeks. Two weeks. I'm gonna find out. I see. Got that that sweet swine statue by the old fountain there mm. of Miss Piggy. So we'll see. It's Either nice way, one. I understand change. You got a good time of the year. Doing- yeah, I mean, I am and I'm not. Like, October is usually low-key, but we're going, like, uh, the 4th is our first day there okay. of October. And the 1st starts their 50th anniversary celebration. So it's going to be bonkers. You think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Probably right. You have to tell me about all the fallacies that Disney World has imposed. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I've been talking to a changed? few people. I mean, it's been uh, nine, no, eight years since I've been. So I've talked to some people who have gone recently, and they've kind of given me the 411 yeah. about, like, you know, masks inside, which is, like, I'm definitely not riding, like, Aerosmith with a mask on. I'm going to fucking choke on my own vomit. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I ain't doing that. Nah. but That shit's weak. I'll just do the, the, the fun rides. Really? They're doing that in Florida? Yeah. Well, it's not in it's not state-mandated. It's Disney. Oh, it's company-mandated. Okay. I mean, I guess it's... Smart to an extent on their round, but yeah. to an extent, yeah, I, eh, it's weird. I mean, at first they were going to do it just for vaccinated people, but then they didn't want the hassle of like carting people. Yeah, it, I mean, trust me, the lines are bad enough to get yeah. into that place sometimes, and yeah, it's probably for the best. I, I'm, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm just going in there, and the week we're there, all I want to do is ride Splash Mountain. And if is I do that, Splash Mountain anymore? It is. It's still there. They haven't rethemed it yet, so okay. I do want to hit that before it gets rethemed. Which I think the retheming will be cool. I like Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's hard I get to, it. to like replace it, a, uh, you know, that, that it's I mean, been the staple of. But it's a property that they can't make money off of. Right. Yeah. I so mean, I get why I, I they're doing it. I didn't know what it was for a long yeah. time. I didn't exactly. know where it came yeah. from. So, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, they can't make money off it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's it's themed from a movie where, yeah. You're yeah, going to get a lot more excitement, I think, from the younger generation. Yeah, for that, sure. For sure. With that. So, so. Um, so very cool. I'm happy for you. I'm very happy for it. It's been six years since I've been, and every time we're supposed to go, something comes up, and so I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I mean, if you want to pack me along, that'd be cool. Just hang on to the bottom of the car like uh, Sideshow Bob in that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons, yes. and I'll avoid any uh, briar patches. You guys driving down? Or, yeah, we are driving. My we usually drive, like too. To fly, no, so. that's fine. Right? We usually drive down, too. We do... We do straight shot, 21 hours. Oh, I ain't doing that. It's only an 18-hour drive now. They must have, like, raised the speed limit or switched some stuff really? around. Yeah. 18 hours. 18 to 19. It used to take us, like, it's 22. Probably like, yeah, 22 with, like, stops yeah. and stuff. But So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take our time on the, the way down. Yeah, we're going to leave Friday the 1st. And our first day in the park is until the 4th. So we're going to stop probably in North Carolina, maybe hit the zoo that's down there, which is pretty nice. And then... We're gonna when we get to Florida, we're gonna stay with my in laws at Port Charlotte for a little bit. So that'll be oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Now, is this gonna be the longest road trip you're taking with the girls? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
the longest one we took before this was to Cincinnati about that's nine four eight. years ago. That's no, Cincinnati was like five. Was it? Yeah, it was like five hours. Yeah, you're probably right. I've driven past the Cincinnati exit to go to Indianapolis, but um, but yeah, so yeah, this this will be a real test. But yeah, I'm. They should. Be. We're we're gonna probably do a lot of night driving just so they can zonk out. Yeah. No, that's smart. Yeah. But no, it's always I always like driving down. You know, everyone likes to fly. Just get there, get there. Yeah, I don't mind the drive. I I loved it. That was one of my favorite memories as a kid. Is growing up and, and we used to have this uh, this little, little this little like I mean it wasn't a little van, but it was compared to what the vans are like now. It was a minivan. It was a minivan. Yeah. Um, my parents used to get a TV and they plug it. You plug in a TV and we watch VHSs on the way up oh, yeah. and down. And um, honestly, those are some of my favorite memories. Even though we got sick of each other in the car, like there was That's a lot half of fun. Uh, all the siblings like were the, fighting the, with each other. Yeah, my dad's just like, shut style. the fuck up. You know, my yeah. dad's yelling up front, and it was uh, no, it was cool. It was it was. Those are some of the best times of my life. That's, yeah. a, that's a good memory that your girls get to share, too. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. And if you don't have fun, it's your own fault. That's true. That's true. A um, little bit light on the pop culture news. I mean, we, we have enough for an episode, no doubt. Uh, but not a lot of big stuff happened. Not too much. Honestly, um, if we weren't recapping Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. We were, re, re, you know, recap. That's going to be the, you know, a big portion of our episode because we didn't get to talk about it last week. Because I didn't see it yet. I just it. seen it yesterday. It was the first time I've been in a movie theater since Far From Home. What was it like? Uh not pleasurable. It was not a good experience for me. It was weird. So, like the movie or the just the, the viewing? Uh, no, just the, like the whole experience. The movie wasn't bad. I just, I, I, I think it was like forced fun. Okay. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like. Organic yeah. fun, like I wasn't like sitting and be like, "Oh, this is great! I'm immersed! I'm having a good time!" No, you're it was back. Like, you're back at a movie theater. You fucking enjoy it. Yeah, but I wasn't. It was like I'm sitting there and I'm just like, eh, "Okay," like from the movie standpoint, it just like it felt like it dragged me. It was it was enjoyable, but I I was like, "Okay, when's this over?" Right. Like the long run time. Um, I purposely went to a theater with uncomfortable seats so I wouldn't fall asleep, but still with. The trailers and the fucking movie, it was still almost like fucking three hours in that goddamn seat. It was, yeah, 40, uh, yeah, 20 minutes of trailers, two hour and 12 minute runtime. I think that that's front to back, right? Yeah. Like credits and all yeah. that. That's a long time. Um, and then even, I didn't like, hate it, but I, I think there's a big, uh, oh, I don't know, like I'm not going to shit on people's taste, but everyone's no. like top five Marvel movie. I'm like, what the fuck? No, like a lot of the, like, like you're putting that ahead of Winter Soldier, you're putting that in front of Avengers 1. Avengers: Infinity War, Thor: Ragnarok, Black, you know, and some people, you know, Black Panther. Like you're putting Shang Chi up there. My big, behind. my big problem with it was one, like Wenwu. Okay, so he sent assassins after his kids to get their pendants, but those fucking assassins nearly killed them like at least a dozen times to get the pendants. Like, what if Razor Fist was like, whoops? I sliced his darn head off trying to get the pendant. Sorry about that. Yeah. Like, the fuck? Like, so that that bothered me. And then Death Eater, like, they played it up like, oh, this is the guy who trained Shang-Chi. But, like, he didn't do fuck all the whole movie. (laughs) And then fucking just, spoiler, but fucking just bites it so unceremoniously and so half-assedly at the end. Like, what the fuck was that about? To sell toys? Like that that character did Probably. not need to be there at all. Right. At all. Like Wenwu could have just trained him, which would have like strengthened the father son bond. Like why the fuck was that character even in it? Yeah. It was it was a interesting use of that. Yeah. That it felt like it was bloated for the sake to bloat the movie length time. Like the the fight scene with like Wong and Abomination was non non that wasn't necessary at all. You're right. It's it helped sell the movie a little bit for some But he was but, like barely in it. Wong was barely in it. Yeah, but they advertised and he had like, like he, he had like a, top billing. Yeah, it was like top five billing in the fucking like thing. Like he was a major part of this movie. Yeah, and that's, he was barely and that's in how it. I felt with. Uh, I felt the same way with with Wong in this one as I did like Aquaman and Batman vs Superman. Okay, yeah. The, front, yeah. the when they released that, they were advertising Aquaman, and he he literally just looked at the camera for ten seconds and he yeah. swam in place. Yeah, that's how I felt, and, and like the, yeah, they made it seem like it was going to be a big deal. I was like, this is disappointing. Yeah, like, I would love to see more Wong. You know, just yeah, and like Abomination didn't have one fucking line of dialogue. He couldn't muster one sentence. Yeah, like the f- what. And then he just follows. He just like, follows. What? Want like what? what? Yeah. I okay. Just... Like no follow up on that. And then 
yeah, so that was just weird. And yeah, like the whole end fight scene, I'm like, I literally started falling asleep because I'm, I'm just like, this is just dragons and ninjas and like you think Wenwu is the villain, but then you realize he's being manipulated, driven, right. manipulated. But then like what he's being manipulated by just pops up. And like, I have no connection or fear of these fucking demons or these soul eaters. Like, well, I don't fucking care. Right. And then like the people you were kind of rooting against join the people that you're rooting for. Like, okay, I don't care. Like they're fight Now they're fighting together for some reason. Where would you tear this movie? So, um, so like one being the best of the MCU, uh, five being the worst of the MCU, which is not necessarily bad, but it's just you know not comparable to the rest. Where would you tear Shang Chi? I'd probably say right in the middle of the two and a half, two and a half, three. Yeah. Okay. That's probably where I'm at too. I, you know, like I said, visually beautiful. I love the cultural impact. You know, the cultural uh, aspect of the movie. Yeah. I, I love that type of culture. You know what I mean? That that's what helped. Uh, you know, but Harlem for Luke Cage. I loved that they used that aspect, yeah, um, the culture aspect to push that show. And I think they did a very good job with the, you know, Black Panther and Wakanda. I love that they used that for this for this film. Uh, but you you are you do bring up some great points. It does seem a little muddled. There's a little bit confusing stuff. But um, all in all, I think they did a, a decent, a pretty good job of making this character, who, as we've said, D list, C list Marvel yeah. character. Uh, relevant and somewhat interesting. It falls in the same line to me as like an Ant Man, and, and all, although I hold Ant Man in very high regard, it was one of those just very weird solo character movies, like yeah. very like strange solo character movies. Like, man, I can't believe they did this and pulled it off as as well as they did. But I, I also I had a hard time relating to Shang Chi. Like, I thought Wenwu was a much more charismatic character to to sympathize and and look through their eyes. Right. Uh I just felt like he got overshadowed. I liked uh Aquafina Katie. I thought her character was good. She'd be great. Yeah, yeah, she was she was good comic relief. Um I didn't like his sister. I thought she was kind of underwritten. Underwritten? And it's like she's like, "Oh, you know, I fuck you. You know, you abandoned me." And then like she abandons him and like 2 seconds later he's like, "You left us to die." <laughs> Yeah, now you know how it feels. Like you let he left you for fucking like six years. You left him for fucking thirty seconds. Right. Like you didn't really let your point sink in <laughs> at all. Um, like it would have been more beneficial if like he reconnected with her later in the movie and she she's he's like they reconciled then. Uh I did absolutely love Trevor Slattery. And oh, Kingsley that was, was so well done. I thought that was gonna be like a two second fucking little cameo they gave him a big bill yeah i thought that was so well done the way that they kind of reminded you about it too in the movie organically and he's at like when was asking katie about her name and the 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 importance of names and to your heritage and your lineage and then how he just casually brings up the mandarin and mocks it the orange and he took my name he took this i think that i mean that was a great way to to re-establish and remind those who may have forgotten, because that was what two thousand thirteen. I remember that because yeah, it three times, yeah, on three different dates with three different. Yeah, women. wow. Well, you I was, uh, yeah, I was coming off of a bad breakup, <laughs> and I, I wanted to go see some. I, I, I want to see some things. Very good and, stuff. And I, Iron Man three is my least favorite movie because none of those relationships panned out. Yeah. And I just seen it three times. I yeah. paid three times to, to go, go see, see the theater. I have only done that for Guardians, Infinity War, and Endgame. I don't think I have ever. I don't think I've seen a movie in theaters three times. Twice, yes, never three. I don't think I pay for Guardians, Guardians, and Infinity War three times. Okay, Endgame. I don't know about three. Now that I think about it, it might have been only two. Yeah, I think it was only two. But yeah, like I, I just felt that. That was a great reintroduction and reminder of that character. And then the payoff of him in the jail. And I love the dynamic he had with Morris. I thought that was so well done. I love. I, I audibly laughed out loud when he was like, oh, you see him too. That's great. I thought I was going crazy on hallucinogens. Like, I thought that was hilarious. The whole car ride through the forest where he's, go right, 
go left, go right. Like, I thought that was great. I was a little disappointed when they did get there and, like, Morris was just one of many. Right. Like, it kind of took away some of his luster. But some of those creatures that were there were pretty cool. It was, um, like I said, that was a good usage of that yeah. type of, you know, uh, culture. Yeah. Uh, and they interpreted it pretty well. It was uh, it was fun. It was very, like, that part was, was very imaginative. Very it could have been, it, I think my, it could have been 20 to 30 minutes shorter. Right. And just punch it up a little bit, get rid of some of the stuff that bogged it down that didn't need to be there. And I feel like it would have gone up to maybe a two or a, maybe even a one. Okay. For me. So. What, like, what, I mean, just for specifics, what, what, like, some of the stuff that bought, just a lot of, like, what dragged for you the most? I thought just the back and forth with Wenwu, like, okay, do we, like, he, he's giving us his backstory, but then, like, he's, he's not, then we're getting more, like, he just seemed like you're getting, the shots of him playing fucking Dance Dance Revolution with his family. Yeah. And then you're like, the wife dies, but you're not seeing that, like, a gradual transition. You're just seeing, maybe that was intentional. Maybe they did the yin and yang for the culture. Yeah. But that's what you were seeing. It was very, it was kind of a disconnect because you didn't see anything that was gradual to see him where he was. It was just, you saw him at his lightest, you saw him at his darkest. Like I said, maybe that was intentional for the culture, you know, with the yin yang, but I don't know. Right. That that was jarring for me. And like I said, the Death Eater character was nonsensical. You didn't even need him in the plot. Um, and, yeah. I did like how they got right into his... Like, they didn't take a whole lot of time showing him, like, in his Americanized lifestyle. Like, they, they got right, right into yeah. it pretty quickly, which they I thought was good. I did, it wasn't like... Yeah, that is true. Some of these origin movies drag. Yes. The intros drag. And I, I don't think that they rushed it. very. It was almost surprising. When that it was so quick, yeah. Right, that bus scene was. That's why I'm not going to say almost instantaneous, but it was it was pretty new. Probably within the first first twenty minutes, maybe or so. And that's I feel like it got like in the middle, the middle to the three quarter mark. It started getting bogged down with exposition and flashbacks and plots that really were drawn out longer than they needed to be. I felt, yeah, you know, so. No, I feel you. I feel you. A lot of yeah, a lot of people hold it in high regard, and you know, I I don't think it was bad by any means, but right. uh, I view a film that I like that I hold it at like a one, something where when I'm done seeing it, I'm like I w- I can't wait to watch that again. Right. And this is a movie where I'm just like, eh, I really I. But if I see it again, great. If not, but there's a lot of MCU movies that are like that. Like I feel that way about Doctor Strange. I feel that way about the Black Widow that came out. Yeah. Um, Ant Man. There's a lot of these later, even even like Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three. Yeah, like I feel Iron like Man once you've started my... to do the team ups, yeah, it's hard for me. Like for me to go back, it's going to be a lot of the Captain America movies, the Avengers movies, the Guardians movies, Thor Three. Thor Three has a lot of rewatchability for me, and that's kind of like yeah, those are movies like, like it. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are movies that you know every time they're on TV, I'll I'll sit and watch yeah. commercials and all. Even though I pay for Disney Plus, so um, so that was Shang Chi in a uh, in a nutshell. Um, we're gonna talk Venom two in a uh, in a moment because uh, Venom two drops on October first. First, yeah. So two weeks coming up. Very very excited. Uh, there's a spoiler though. We're gonna we have a little spoiler for you that we've read through Twitter, and if you're not on Twitter, you may not know about this. Um, but there's a massive spoiler, so I'm gonna tell you all to fast forward like fast forward this episode if you don't want to hear it uh i'm gonna say three minutes we'll say three minutes we'll give ourselves till 20 like 21 minutes in i'm gonna time it you gotta time it Baron, okay Baron, at, you got your stopwatch out let me yes, know when you got it we're at uh, right now as far as recording times we're at 18 we're gonna be at 18 30 let me know go all right spoiler warning fast forward so uh it was released on twitter that an early screening of Venom 2, post-credit scene. Everybody's got, if you're a superhero movie now, you got to do a post-credit scene. Yeah, it's kind of getting a little cumbersome. A little much. Because now we're getting mid and post. Yeah. And uh, it was revealed, at least so we think. It blew up on the internet. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. But uh, Venom is going to be officially part of the MCU. Nice. All right. Um like like I I texted Will I'm like man should I even tell him this I don't know if I don't know I had a feeling they were going to go that way like right. where do you go after Carnage if you're going to keep going with this franchise and they've been kind of politely teasing this through 
interviews and things that it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. originally thought when that first one, or the first one dropped and, and the Venom dropped and the, the lady who's in charge of Sony's Marvel property, she's like, yeah, it's a part of the MCU. And then Kevin Feige's like, no, it's not. Sorry. And yeah. So I was like, there's no way. And like, I, I don't I know think, how I, I feel think, about the mixture of I think it. they that was part of the negotiation to continue the Spider-Man after. To, yeah, to make Venom more, yeah. I mean, make Just it a to, bigger to brand. branch out right. with the Sony movies. So allegedly... Eddie Brock is this is post battling carnage. He's in a hotel room somewhere, and he's flipping through channels or something. And of course, Venom's talking to him. And there's an image of or something like that. It might he might even be transported there, like teleported multiverse stuff. But um, he, he's he's flipping through the channels. He sees a scene of Spider Man battling Mysterio. Okay, I think is what I what I read. And Venom goes, "Oh, I hate that guy," referring to Spider Man. Nice. So. That's the spoiler. So that's how they're, they're. I know. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. No, I'm just, I'm just laughing. What if it's just like it's just him watching the movie? <laughs> oh, just him watching the movie. Yeah, that's funny. I. It's not even like it's not even like he's just literally watching Far From Home, <laughs> and he's in our universe. <laughs> and he just hates watching Tom the Holland. MCU. Yeah, he just hates Tom Holland, or he's just talking about um, Jake Gyllenhaal. He just hates Jake Gyllenhaal. He's not even too. talking about Spider Man. That would be hilarious. I, I would I would definitely appreciate that, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So this is apparently a thing going forward, and now you know I, I'm sad because we're not getting the origin, the the proper Venom origin that they've been kind of. There's been a lot of characters in the MCU that they've divert, they've done a different origin, but I feel as long as you get the essence of the character down, that's yeah. more important. I just want to see the spider. Maybe on maybe Venom. eventually we'll. get I just that. want to see the spider logo. Like I, I hate the veiny Venom. Maybe we'll get the where he latches on. To Spidey and then latches off and goes back to Eddie because yeah. he's that's his first true love, and then he's got the spider logo. That'd be cool. It would certainly make things interesting. But all right, well, yes, three minutes to that, Matthew. Very good, very good. We did good. Three minutes on the mark. Minutes past three midnight. We're good. Now you can talk about other things, and you at the internet and the webs and the browsings. You can listen again and not be spoiled about this venom, hoo-boo-joo-boo, heebie-jeebie, and the man who he may hate or may not. Perhaps you decide. What do we got in the news, uh, my friend? <laughs> well, uh, I've seen that um, Warner Brothers, my, my big concern with a lot of the HBO Max stuff is that these Warner Brothers movies that are coming out, uh, they're going to be deterred in sequels, perhaps, or ongoing, because they're not going to make the money revenue at the box office because of HBO Max. Right. Um, but Dune has been greenlit in China, so that is uh, that bodes well for its profit margins and hopefully possible sequels down the line. Uh, Warner Brothers That's has good. also well, said— If you get China greenlit, yeah. you're usually pretty good to go. Yeah, and— um, they have uh, Warner Brothers has also said that they are not going to just solely base the possibility of sequels with Dune on the domestic box office. So with uh, you know HBO Max, if it's well received, which it does look like one of those movies that could possibly be uh, in contention for some awards down the road with just the cinematography, knowing by the director and the previous things that he's done, uh, I, I would think that there's some. Some uh, awards possibly in the mix, which will then helpfully kick this up. I just like to see something that's fresh. I know it's it's based on a book from way back. Uh, it was tried to be adapted once into a film unsuccessfully. Uh, I mean that that's pretty been much well documented that that was a disaster of a shoot. Yeah. So I just like to see something new and fresh and something different in cinema. So uh looking forward to that. No, that's good. That's good. I know I, my wife's excited for Dune. Yeah, looks cool. And I'm like, oh. Looks different. It does, right? We, we sat and watched the trailer, I yeah, think. Yeah, it looks awesome. And, Micah, and uh I was like I, I'm not super familiar with the Dune franchise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not something I grew up on, but I was like, okay, this is intriguing. Yeah. So definitely here for it. That so that's coming out. Um there's a uh a hit monkey show. Yes, I just learned Hulu's that Hit Monkey out. is a thing. Yes. So Hit Monkey, for those of you who are unaware, is a snow monkey who is a hitman. Yes. And he wears a suit. Came out 2010, I believe. Yeah. That's what I uh, He's kind of like uh, on the same, I wouldn't say the same popularity level, but the same kind of niche market as like a Howard the Duck, a MODOK, a... Spider-Ham. Uh, yeah, Spider-Ham, Peter Porker, yeah. a, a Deadpool, that type, that type of... Uh, 
market. But he's getting a Hulu show on um, November, I believe, 12th or 17th or 19th. Sometime mid-November. Uh, probably just going to be a one-and-done season because Marvel television has been disbanded by Disney. Um, but kind of like MODOK, we'll probably just get the one season on Hulu and then that will be it. Animation kind of looks like the same animation they use for Harley Quinn. Right. That kind of style. So it looks interesting. Um, Jason Sudeikis has a lead in it. Um, so, yeah, looks looks kind of interesting. They, the trailer dropped for that. Uh, speaking of trailers, we did get a teaser trailer for Peacemaker. Uh, the HBO Max show with John Cena reprising the role from Suicide Squad. Um, that looked interesting. It was just like a, a group of people sitting at a table. The only actor that I recognized was the one uh, girl from Orange is the New Black. Um, I forget the name of the character she played, but she was the woman who was like really behind the, the riots in the prison trying okay. to get equality. Um, so uh, I remember seeing her at the table and like John Cena sits down and they're like, why are you in your costume? And he goes, this isn't a costume. This is a uniform. But they look like they're just at like a Denny's. So, and then it just cuts. So it's just kind of like a teaser I'm for so the trailer. So, so that's going to be I'm, dropping I'm in December. Um, and then I believe tomorrow we're going to get our first episode of Star Wars Visionaries. Those oh, little okay. short cartoons that are yeah. coming out by different studios. So we're going to get that tomorrow or today, if you're listening, uh, when we drop this episode and uh marvel what if we're getting another episode this one's gonna be if thor were an only child so Mm. it's kind of like if odin didn't find loki Loki. and adopt him um i have not been a big fan of the what ifs um do you think they're gonna be put they're gonna play a part at all in multiverse stuff maybe like little back back story easter egg stuff okay but i can't see like I'm doing mixing that with live action. No, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, I think they're just kind of testing the waters, and I haven't been hearing like a. I'm saying. I mean, up. I've heard mixed things, but I mean, I trust your judgment on a lot of stuff, and they just I just kind of eh. like I feel no urgency to go see these. Yeah, you know, it's a cool thing to have, and and maybe someday when I get like a week off of work or a weekend where I have nothing to do, I'll sit and give these a shot and yeah. just kind of run through them. But I have, I mean, I love the what if comic books. Mm-hmm. I just. I, I there's no urgency on my end to go yeah, see it, and yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's you know me not being open minded or or what. But because no, you even said that you were you were intrigued by the zombie episode, I was, and that one even kind of fell flat for me. Really? Yeah, I was like, eh. I think like, I'm like yeah. they should probably not do. Th- oh yeah, they did that, and it bit him in the ass. I kind of figured that would happen. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just the the surprisingly enough, the one that I think I've liked the most is the one we talked about where it was. Um, like a disgruntled Hank Pym as Yellow Jacket taking out the Avengers before they could form the Avengers. Right. So I I think that was my favorite, followed by the one with Star Lord, or T'Challa as Star Lord. This last one was like, if Iron Man was saved by Killamonger, and then Killamonger's like his security guard, but he's still villainous, and he's still. It was just like, eh, eh. Some of the stuffs feel eh. like it's reaching. Like I feel like there's a lot of. The the MCU has laid out a lot of what if moments, but it, it you know the Killmonger one is so weird because I, I, like you said about Star Wars, yeah, and you know uh, the Bad Batch. There's too many dots that are being connected, yeah, and I feel like that one is just like that one's like really out there, yeah, yeah, that one's just really out there, you know, to, to in in my personal opinion. There's a I mean, there's so many, there's so many, you know. Uh, that you could do from MC, legit MCU films. What if Doctor Strange never gave Thanos the, the the time stone? Yeah, there's legit good ones that can that are like that would intrigue me. The the, the issue that I had with last week's episode with Killamonger and Iron Man is the whole episode is like yeah, Killamonger's pulling these strings to gain power to do this to do that, but like things are happening through other characters' actions that there's no way that he could have predicted they'd act that way. But then he's still, like, one step ahead, and he's like, yeah, I meant to do that, so I do this now. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, no. Like, it was almost like an over-the-top Bond villain, yeah. where it's like, everything that you do, I have an answer to. And they were playing it off like, he knew they were, like, he was like a master manipulator, master chess player. He's like, yeah, I knew you were going to move Rook to a whatever space, and... 
17 moves into the game. Like, yeah, I knew yeah, you would do funny. that, so I planned ahead of it. Like, he just, that's yeah. Lazy it writing. was, that wasn't writing. even, yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah. I did not, I did not care for that one, Sam. I am. Yeah. And they were hyping that one up big, too. Um, so, yeah, so that's what if in a nutshell. Uh, I don't think any other live action stuff we've gotten, other than that, we haven't gotten too many new trailers. No. Nothing new on Eternals, nothing new on Spider Man. The Eternals trailer, I, I did see that on the big screen, and that was kind of cool to see on the big screen. It looked interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think my opinion on Eternals is swaying more and more. Positively? Yes, yes. Um, so that was cool to see. I I, there's just so much mystery with it, and like I feel like I'm not getting enough, which is a good thing. Yeah. I hate that trailers give up too much. Too much. Yeah. I, I can't sit. I would be a hypocrite if I sat here and I'm like, man, I'm really getting nothing for these Eternals trailers. The one thing I, I just w- worry about that they're not doing enough to pull on the casual viewers. Um, that's what I think I, they'll amp up their I'm marketing soon. I do like that. Like, I was afraid that Angelina Jolie was going to be front and center, and I do like that she is not. She seems to be kind of playing a supporting role. To a lesser degree, I don't think okay. there's going to be like a one, oh, like a one star. Like I think yeah. it, it seems by the trailer, it's going to be mainly carried by, um, I can't think of his name. The, he played the the, so the guy this, with the lasers that come out of his eyes. Yes, he plays Icarus, um, but he was from Game of Thrones. But so was Kit Harrington, obviously. But I think it's going to be he he's as Icarus, and then um, I feel like it's going to be. Um, Selena or uh, dang mental farts. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was just picturing her with that sweet snake around her neck oh, from Dust Till Dawn. She's aged like a fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Yes, I like seeing her in a different role than she normally plays, yeah. and I feel like Angelina Jolie is going to be like the the third lead. So I think those are going to be the three heavy hitters yeah. in that movie. So. Okay. Okay. It looked cool though. I'm, I'm, I, my opinion is swaying positively toward that. that film. Yeah, I mean it's like one of those you're going to see it no matter what. Yeah. Um, last week, Batman 89 Part 2 came out. Um, the cover looked awesome. It actually had, like, Billy D. Williams as Two-Face on the cover. I have yet to read it. That's on my uh, inbox pile. Uh, so I'll probably be reading that and giving a review or just a recommendation or non-recommendation next week. Okay. Um, and then this week, Last Ronin Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Four, I believe. Yes, it is part four because it's been so long. I forgot what number, but part four. And this one uh, seems, from what we've been led to believe, it's going to show the downfall of Master Splinter and Donatello. Okay. Because in the first issue, we saw just kind of the build up and the reveal that April O'Neil is still alive. Michelangelo is the last Ronin. Everyone else is gone. Second issue, we saw the demise of Leonardo. Uh, third issue, we saw the demise of Casey Jones and Raphael. Um, so yeah, this uh, this should be the last two remaining characters, Master Splinter and then Donnie, and then the fifth episode or issue rather shall be wrapping it up. Okay, so so they're only doing five. They're cutting yes, it off. Yes, yeah, it's just a micro series, macro series, whatever they, they call it. Lot, just a limited series. I, they do a lot of those. I don't know if I'm a fan. I am to an extent, but I, I think I it matters the con- on the story. I miss the continuity of comics. Well, there. I the mean, they still continuity. they still have they they do like a lot of continual story arcs, but um, like you're not seeing though books in the three hundreds anymore. Ah, uh, sometimes with Are the you? smaller companies, not with Marvel, right? And, and that's some what with DC. I like. I like. I mean, the, the book I'm reading today. Amazing Spider-Man is a little spoiler, 374. And, yeah. And it, it's like, this is like prime Spider-Man stuff. I, maybe I'm just being nitpicky. Yeah. I think I think blocking off stories is cool to an extent, but I feel like there's no continuity where you can never look back at a flashback. I feel like so. they're trying to, like, grab people, bring them in, and then I think, like, if, if which I get, like, as a casual person, you walk into a comic book store and you're like, I like Spider-Man. 592. Yeah. Fuck. I missed five. I missed all the other ones. Right. I'm not going to fucking know what's going on. Whereas you like, oh, five. Okay. I can go back and I could find issues one, two, three, and four. And then I'm invested. And so, and they keep doing that. Like, uh, I've been reading like the Marvel Black Cat series. And like, it's almost like every year they have a new issue one. Right. But it, it does continue on from the previous year's oh, stories. Oh, they do acknowledge it? Okay. So it's like 
the those stories are still there for the longtime readers, but I think it's just a way to grab new people to bring them in. Okay. And I've noticed that with other books too. It's, it's been like, a while since I've shopped, yeah. shopped for comic books, so that's so. why, you know. But again, a couple of years ago when that's what we were doing, we were buying two new books every week. Yeah. You know, I was just like, you know, this is okay. So but easy to get lost in the sauce. With that being said, um, one of the more recent limited series that I really enjoyed was The Three Jokers by DC. They had that on their black label. And yeah. It was just three issues, but they were thicker issues. I really enjoyed that storyline where it was like saying that there was not just one Joker. You had multiple people portraying the Joker. And it kind of went each episode or issue was kind of like the classic Joker that fucked with Batman. And then it was the Joker from The Killing Joke that fucked with Batgirl. And then it was Joker from Death in the Family that fucked with Jason Todd. Right. Um, and which then subsequently you had like Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood kind of teaming up to take on these three Jokers. Um, McFarlane Toys has sh- uh, revealed that they're releasing a line of action figures to coincide with that comic run. Uh, they're doing the Batman from that story. They're doing the Batgirl from that story. They're doing the Red Hood from that story. And they're also doing all three of the different Jokers. Okay. So you're getting kind of like the Joker from Killing Joke, Joker from Death in the Family that has more of the magenta color tone, not the purple. And then you're getting more of like a classic Joker that kind of looks like a mash between uh, Ledger and Nicholson, if I were to be like that. He kind of okay. looks like a mashup of those two incarnations. So that those look cool. And then uh, me being the turtle junkie that I am, Super 7 released their new wave of figures that give homage to the original Playmates toy line. Uh, they look awesome. We're getting Michelangelo, surf, sewer surfing Michelangelo. So he's that's I don't know if you remember. He was the one that had like the neon wetsuit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I do. So they're making that one. That looks amazing. He comes with alternate heads, sunglasses, the boogie board, crustaceans, all this crazy shit. Um, they're doing Slash, the the turtle from Dimension X. Uh, that one looks very different from the, the TV show. But a lot of people, when they think of Slash, they think of that figure, even though he looks drastically different <laughs> uh, from the, the television show. Um, they are doing a, a, a huge one, Scratch the Cat. Now, Scratch the Cat was never in the show, but he was one of... No, he is. He is the most valuable Ninja Turtles action figure from the original line. Really? He's a mutated cat. That's a prisoner, so he's got, like, the prison jumpsuit. This one looks really cool. I, I might pick this one up, but the price point on these are, like, 55 bucks. You so. said he wasn't in the show? No. Where did the popularity come from? The comic? No, the popularity came from... It's, all, it's almost like an urban legend. Like, the last line of Turtle Toys that came out had some zany fucking characters. Okay. And the stores didn't stock them that well, so they were very hard to find mm. when they came out. So they've just shot up in value, um, and that's where he comes from. So he's, he scratched the cat. It was, like, hot dog which was like a Dalmatian mutant that was a fireman. Um, uh, I think it was like Hoopshot. If I remember correctly, he was like a basketball playing giraffe. Oh. There was like a, a mutated elephant that was like a voodoo witch doctor. Um, so, yeah, they, these are figures that like they were, were hard to come by. Okay. So they are also doing a Mouser 5-pack where you can get a whole bunch of different Mousers. Those look pretty cool. And then uh, there was one more, and I it, oh Ace Duck, Ace Duck. So he looks awesome. He was he was a pretty fan. He was like a, just a mutated duck that had like a bomber coat, and he okay. was a, he was like a night, World War II jet fighter pilot. I love it. So those look really cool. But again, those are pretty pricey, like fifty five bucks a piece. But they come with a shit ton of accessories. And they are well crafted. But now, when you pay. buy these, do you open them up? I gotta ask you. I don't know if I ever asked you. A this. lot of the Super Sevens, I've only bought one, and I did open it up. Okay. And most of my toys, I do open up. Okay, I was gonna ask because I know you've of, ordered a lot of stuff. I'm mostly an opener. Um, there are certain things like the Star Wars vintage stuff. I keep that in package because of the card back. But some figures, I do buy two of, an opener, and then one that's mint on card that I hang up and display. I gotcha. So okay. All righty. Um, all right. Any other things for toy news? No, nah, I'm pretty good. Toy news, Sweet. comic news, we pop flew news. Through it. Nah, I told you it was a late week. Told you it was a late week. Comic, all right. comic, comic. Let's read so what are you comics. reading here? Spider-Man what? 374. Ooh. Uh, did I spy Venom on that cover? You did, and that's part of the reason. I haven't read a Venom book in here in a long time, and Venom is 
up there with like depending on which day of the week you ask me, Venom and Cyclops are my one my one A one B. Yeah, there's a lot of times I come in here, folks, and Mr. Johnson is playing Maximum Carnage on the television screen. Same level every single time too. It's always good. It is Venom. Venom is legit my favorite, and I love the art style of Venom here in the '90s. I love the the, the art style of Spider-Man in the '90s. Some of the stuff, you know, he's he's very like not aesthetically uh, appropriate. He's like super skinny in some area. It's just yeah, very. I, I don't. He like was that all over style. the place. But the '90s to me was perfect. I mean, look, at this cover is just like beautiful. Yeah, that is. Yeah, this is when I think of Venom and That's, Spider-Man. Yep. These are the images that I think of. This yep. art style. So, um, three seventy-four. I might have read three seventy-five on the show before. I don't remember if I did. It was forever ago, and I'm actually going to read it next week. Um, but this is a big, big arc. Be- you know, between Spider-Man and Venom. Their early rivalry, which you know, um, uh, it comes to the he- to a head with these two, and this actually helps helps set up a lot of stuff, Maximum Carnage and, and beyond. But this is a this is a really cool two two issue uh, story, and uh, it, it's just cool because again, Venom's just this, this the the idea of a symbiote is just like what kid didn't grow up wanting like man, how cool would that be to have this alien, this creature just ooze over you, and you got all these powers? He just looked awesome. They did look really cool. You know, I will say that he, he did. I, 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 mean, I had so many Venom toys when I was a kid. Oh yeah, unbelievable. I had the one with like twelve heads because Juggernaut hit him. It like this big, massive, bulky figure. Nice. There's, there's a story back in the day where him and Juggernaut, you know, had a feud, and and Juggernaut popped him. He ran him with his head, and all, and Venom like had like. Oh yeah, all the little heads on. The yeah, side. yeah, I had that I action that. figure as a kid. That one I gotta, was cool. I gotta find it. I didn't know the history behind that. I had that yeah. one as well. I believe. I used to have that book. I'm trying to buy it back from a friend because I, I auctioned off all my books for my cousin's stag party. Thought I was gonna win them back just to you know just to be a nice yeah. cousin, and then I didn't win them back. But luckily, my one of my best friends and neighbor <laughs> won it. So, uh, but I do have that one. It's a good read. So uh, we're gonna get into it. So this is 374 Venom attacks the Amazing Spider Man. The V Man's targets Richard and Mary Parker. So uh, it starts off in uh, it looks like an abandoned carnival, the Thrill World amusement park somewhere in Brooklyn, in a concrete storage bunker beneath those grounds. Eddie Brock is working out. He's lifting up some heavy uh, heavy weights, and then as he's struggling to lift them, and as he uh, you know as he goes to lift, he goes help me, and the Venom symbiote. You know, kind of just shows itself and helps him lift. And he goes, yes, your alien strength flowing to join me uh, as it must for together. We will triumph together. We will be avenged. And together we will kill Spider-Man. And I love this. Like this. Like, I love that image. I the, the overhead, 90s. Yeah. It's so 90s. And this this like pose of Venom is one that's used in a lot of books. I know it's used in the Ma- Maximum Carnage books. Um I think one of the first or second issues of Maximum Carnage, it's kind of used. It's just this overhead shot, Venom's arms open wide, and he just just looking down his gullet, like the, the big teeth, everything. Um, he gets pissed. He, he whips some stuff. He goes, after all, it was Spider-Man who de- destroyed my career as journalist Eddie Brock. It was Spider-Man who had re- rejected you as the symbiotic costume that wanted to to meld with him. And it, and it was hatred for Spider-Man that brought us together as Venom. How shall we thank the web slinger? Perhaps we could kiss his still beating heart just before we devour it. But there's something else now, the starting revelation that gave us cause to escape our recent confinement. Peter Parker, the devil who is Spider-Man, has recently found his parents he once thought dead. And that is a reunion that cannot, must not continue. Jumps over. Uh, Peter, his parents are ice skating. Mary Jane, they're all ice skating, you know, just having some fun. Uh, re- you know, reconnecting, rekindling, uh, and then Spider-Man's like, yeah, I gotta go to work. I gotta go do some stuff. He hides. He he takes off in a Spider-Man costume and starts swinging around. And uh, he goes to the Daily Bugle. And Peter's like, yeah, talk about a drought. I haven't had a photo assignment over a week. I was hoping that our esteemed publisher might toss me a bone, but I don't suppose you've got any leads you could share, uh, share Joy. And uh, some guy goes, why don't you get some snaps of Venom, Pete? You've always been good at that. And Peter's like, can't, Ben. Venom's in police custody. And Ben got, I wonder if this is the same Ben from Daredevil. Ben Ulrich? Yeah. Could be. It would make it, sense. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, if, he's had some crossover with both Spidey and Daredevil. He has. Uh, 
he goes, you know, for a news photographer, you're not very current. Venom escaped last night. And Peter's like, what? How? And there's J. Jonah Jameson. All right, Parker, what is it you wanted to see me about? And then Peter just fl- f- runs away. And Ben's like, oh, to get some pictures of Venom, I guess. He goes, good luck. And, uh, yeah, so J. Jonah Jameson makes a call. And Peter's freaking out. He goes, how? How could he? You know, he couldn't. He wouldn't. And he's like, no, it's it's Venom. He definitely did. And he probably will. And he goes, Venom has a twisted sense of ethics. He likes to pr- believe that he protects the innocent. That's why he's, he's sworn not to hurt Aunt May, um, but what he if he knows about mom and dad, and of course Venom knows. We figure that out. Uh, the Parkers, Mary Jane, Aunt May, they're walking home to a bus station, and uh, just before they're about to get on the bus, Eddie Brock walks up. He goes, "Pardon me, are you Richard and Mary Parker, the parents of Peter Parker?" And Mary Jane starts freaking out. She goes, "Oh my God, it's him." And they start answering questions, and, and she's like, i got to get the police or something. Or she, Then she points, Spider-Man, and it's this really cool scene. Venom, it, Venom, the, the symbiote comes over, like, right in front of Richard Parker, and uh, it's, it's you know, again, nice. another just really cool pose. And he goes, oh, my God. And they get in this, this, this very, very heated classic battle. Just really, you know, the, just the action scenes are crazy. Venom's giving him the business. Throwing him around, he's like, "This is this is it, this has got to be it." They land. They're at the uh, some Winterfest parade. There's like a of rabbit. Course, yeah. There's at a rabbit and a, like a bear. And at every Winterfest parade, <laughs> there's always rabbits and bears. Naturally, uh, <laughs> the woodland critters. Uh, <laughs> Christmas critters. <laughs> Blood orgy. Uh, <laughs> so disturbing. So I, I, that my jaw dropped in that episode, but um, but yeah, so. Uh, the rabbit goes, hey, fella, you got a union card? And Venom just comes and tries to smash Spider-Man. Like, he's given Parker the business in this book. Like, there's a lot of him. Spider-Man gets a striker, too. You know, kind of like classic big guy versus little guy pro wrestling stuff. Gets uh, gets his moment. But, uh, like, a police officer, they, they, they're they in a mall now, somewhere by Central Park or something. And a uh, police officer's like, hey, leave him alone. I warned you. And he takes a shot. And the police officer's like, oh, I never killed anyone before. And Venom sarcastically goes, you still haven't. And he pops him. He, he gets him in the face with uh, some webbing, uh, trying to suffocate him. And uh, Spider-Man eventually breaks it free. But uh, Venom looks back at, you know, he's, like I said, he's just ragdolling Peter. Throughout. He's throwing him through windows like Marty Jannetty style. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's it's bad. And Venom, it, you know, Spider-Man's pissed. He's like, man, I'm trying to get away from people. And he just keeps, keeps beating you up in front of people. And. Uh, Venom walks up to this little girl. He goes, uh, you know, where did he go? And this clown, this dude in a clown costume goes, don't hurt them, please. They're just kids. And he goes, and Venom's like, hurt them? Sir, you wound us. Rest assured we would never harm such innocent angels. And uh, the clown maces Venom. And, <laughs> and Venom fucking one hit. He maces him or he seltzers him? He, he, no, he, he's flower, like, the Venom's like flower? mace. Like, it's kind of crazy because Venom, his face looks like he did back in like when he first came out. It's not very alien-like. It's gotcha. very Spider-Man face-like. Yeah. Like, it, just with teeth and it's it's a little disturbing, but he punches him and he goes, there, there. To that, it, Venom goes up to this girl and he goes, there, there. Did that nasty old clown frighten you? And, uh, you know, because it, that's always the charm of Venom. He, he, he did, you know, the innocent thing. He thought he was yeah. doing the right thing. I think that's kind of why I've always appreciated him. He's, he's always, um, yeah, just, just I think in some instances misunderstood. That's why I love the moniker Lethal Protector because it just fits him so it perfectly. It fits him excellently. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, Venom and, and they brawl again. Uh, Spider-Man tries to get him with his webbing. He gets Venom in the face, but Eddie Brock does this really cool thing where he comes out of the suit. Like the head, the head of Venom is like still trapped in the webbing, but Eddie Brock's face comes out of the suit, and uh, he charges after him, so he's not like blind. It was really, it was really uniquely done. And then uh, he goes for a piss or a, pu- a piss, a punch. Venom catches <laughs> I think it. Somebody's got to take a piss. <laughs> uh, whips him around, and he goes. Uh, you know, Venom goes. We'd love to stay and play a little longer, perhaps have a bite to eat, but we have more pressing matters to attend just now. And Spider-Man goes, more than more than killing me? And Venom goes, instead of saying sweet dreams, he goes, sour dreams. Perfect. And he punches Perfect. him in the out. One hit, like, knocks him out cold. Spider-Man eventually wakes up, and uh, he doesn't know where he is, where he's at. He goes, uh, 
Venom, where is he? Just some random stranger. He goes, guy with the grin, he took off, cackled something about hurting you even more. And, and Spider-Man goes, that doesn't make sense. He let me live, but what could hurt me more than killing? Oh, my God, mom and dad. And Spider-Man swings after him. Uh, he eventually catches Mary Jane. He's, he's talking with some police officers, and he's freaking out. Venom, where is he? And uh, Mary Jane's like, Peter, you know, thinking to herself, Peter's been hurt, but he has to know. He, he was here, Spider-Man, but he's gone. He took my husband's parents with him. And that's where I'm going to leave out. But like I said, I might have read 375. I think it's just fair to conclude this one because it, it's it's one of my favorite Spider-Man Venom angles. Um, you know, them kind of fighting each other. Maxim Carnage is, one of my, is, is my favorite comic book storyline of all time. And this actually kind of sets it up a little bit. It sets up yeah. a lot of the, the Venom side stories that we get precursor to, to, to Maxim Carnage. Nice. So, uh, but yeah, that's my read. 374 Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, February of 19... 19- 90, it's got to be 91. Uh, 93, excuse me, February 93. 93 was a banging year for comics. It was a good year for everything. Movies were really good. It was a very good year for movies. But yeah, comics, it was a very popular year. Yeah. That's uh, same same year, this very comic I'm going to read. I'm going to continue my story of the death of Superman. This is what, part three? This is part three. This is uh, Superman issue 74. Uh, the cover shot is a nice shot of... Uh, Guy Gardner, Fire, and Superman using their uh, power energy blast on Doomsday while Maxima, Booster, Gold, and uh, Ice looks like they're incapacitated. So um, this issue starts off with... It it ended with Doomsday kicking the shit out of Guy Gardner, um, kicking the shit out of um, the whole Justice League, uh, Bloodwind... Um, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire Ice, uh, Maxima, if I didn't mention her. And uh, it ended with uh, Booster Gold being, like, hurled out into space. And he, he sees Superman, and Superman was, he saw that, you know, shit was going down on the news. So he popped in to try to save them, but he hadn't found them yet. So this issue opens up with the sight of Blue Beetle, uh, with his costume torn to shreds, uh, Maxima standing off to one side, and uh, F- Ice, uh, very concerned over his his beaten body. Um, Maxima says that the Blue Beetle, you know, she's asking Ice, how is he? And Ice says that he's unconscious, and his pulse is nearly non-existent. I think that he's dying. So she's pleading with Maxima to use her powers to... Um, to rescue and save Blue Beetle and take him to a, a hospital, medical, a local medical facility, as they say. Um, and Maxima is against her nature. She's a warrior. She says, no, I have to stay and fight Doomsday. Yeah. Uh, he'll kill countless others if I don't. Everyone else is knocked out and capacitated. And Ice pleads with her, and she's begging her, please, 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 you have to save him. I will try to hold off this monster until you get back. So apparently... Ice did something in a previous issue where Maxima owes her one. So Maxima flies off with the Blue Beetle, who's just body's broken. He's knocked unconscious. Uh, and then we see Ice running into battle, uh, and she's perplexed that she can't believe that this this abomination, this doomsday, is just keep he just keeps moving forward. It doesn't matter what's in his path. He just keeps going. Uh, and she goes, oh, no, I better keep going because there's a housing development right up right up uh right up the hill and we see this punk ass kid riding his skateboard blowing chewing gum with his hair backwards hat backwards long scraggly hair and he says man do i love fridays no more sucky school for two old days too bad i gotta come home to this war zone and he flips up his skateboard and we get a little backstory he goes i just can't i can just hear my mom now asking me hey mitch how was your day, Mitch? How was that algebra test, Mitch? Man, she's got to be so corny. No wonder Dad left us. So Mitch walks in, and his mom asks these very questions. She goes, Mitch, how was your day? How was your algebra test? She's feeding this baby. And he goes, I'm hungry, ma. Where's the food, ma? Meatloaf, ma. Fuck. So she says, help yourself to some in the fridge. He goes in there. He's like, what the fuck, ma? There's no soda. Ain't no soda pop in here. You know who always has soda pop for me, don't you, ma? Dad has always soda pop at his new place with his new girlfriend. He's always got my soda pop. 
the mo- what a prick. I know. I know. What a teenage dirtbag. So the mother, she goes, oh, I'm so sorry, your little baby sister. She hasn't been feeling well, so I haven't been able to make it to the supermarket. <laughs> when is dad's leaving you? You never have my soda pop. Ma. You're worthless. I'm tired of that baby always taking up all your time, ma. It's probably why dad left you, ma. This kid's a real piece of shit. I want to fuck him up. So we see a little tear coming down from his mom's eye. And he does feel a little remorse. He turns away and he says, I'm going over to Aaron's, ma. I see you. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait, honey, did you hear that? Ah, man! And... Ice just comes crashing through the window. Limp body smashes into their cupboards right onto, right onto their kitchen countertop. How, how rude. Just terribly inconsiderate. Glass everywhere. The mother, she grabs a little baby. They look outside and Doomsday's got hit their car. And he's just punched right through it. And he's lifting it up with one hand. And, and he goes, ah, check it out, man. That dude's... Kicking the shit out of our car with one hand tied behind his back. <laughs> and then we see Superman and Booster Gold. They land down to fight Doomsday. And with one punch, Doomsday punches Superman right in the S logo, but nothing. Superman's like, Booster, what did you call this creature again? Ah, yes, Doomsday. And the mother goes, oh my gosh, look at it. That one punch could have caved in a mountain, but it did nothing to Superman. And, you know, Mitch, he goes, yeah, big deal. He's too stupid and slow to move at a duck. Then Doomsday kicks Superman right in his tummy, right in his crap factory. Superman goes, oof. And he goes flying through these poor people's house, right through one end, all the way through the other, crashes into their old ancient tree that they had out back where Mitch used to swing from with a tire swing. I'd be so pissed. Crashes through the tree, but the house, it, it's its wobbling. Do you think it's, they got superhero insurance? Oh, you have to. You have to. I mean, it's, you can't say that's an act of God. The insurance company's got to pay up. So then, yeah, the, the house, it's a weeble wobble. It's wobbling, it's weebling. It ain't falling down, though, yet. And then Doomsday grabs Booster Gold, but luckily Booster Gold, was he was able to put on his force field at the last second, and he uses him almost like a chainsaw to cut through the other freaking tree that they had out back. That Mitch used to climb with his with his dad before he fucking left because his mom's a piece of shit. <laughs> so Booster <laughs> Booster's just sitting there on this tree stump. He goes, "Oh no, where's the rest of the league?" And then Doomsday, he's just clobbering their poor house, and the mother's trying to watch after the little baby. And Mitch, he's just being a piece of shit. And all of a sudden, Doomsday he comes over to where Ice is sitting and he grabs her. But Superman, he comes back in and he punches Doomsday. And, oh, look at this. It's Bloodwind and it's Fire and it's Guy Gardner. And they said, with our powers combined, perhaps we can stop this evil planet menacing force with the power of sweet green mullet. Where's Batman? Batman, I don't know. He's MIA. He's probably doing. Maybe this was the same time he was fighting Bane. Oh, he got his back broken. Nightfall. I think that was around the same time. That's a good way to write him off. Yeah, I think so. And Azrael was just a fucking garbage Batman <laughs> replacement. So uh, Superman says, pour it on. So he's using his laser beam. Fire's using her heat signature. Guy Gardner's got his power ring. Bloodwind is doing something with his eyes. And Booster Gold's firing up. And they're all blasting Doomsday. And like, you know what? I think this is going to work. I-, I can't see him anymore. And and um, Fire, she's the first one to pass out. She's like, my flame is so... oh." And she faints. And then Booster Gold's like, oh, no, my power couplings. They're overheating. Oh. And then Superman's like, that's okay. I think we got him. And all of a sudden, no, no, Doomsday is still going fucking strong. But now half of his costume's gone. And we can see his tits and his nipples (laughs) and half of his face. And uh, these bony protrusions on all his joints for some reason. I think I had a Doomsday toy from that. Because it looks just like him. Yeah. In this book. I might have had what this might have been a specific Death of Superman toy. It could have been. It very well could have been. I mean, Doomsday didn't really do a whole lot after this. No. I mean, he had a little side story, like five, maybe two, two to five years later. But then he had a terrible cameo and yeah, I killed about the two cave seven. troll. Yeah, yeah. So Superman's like, "Holy shit! I can't believe he's still standing." 
And they're like, oh, man, uh, you know, Guy Gardner, he can't see because his face is all puffy from getting his ass kicked. He's like, where is he? Where is he? And Booster Gold's like, I don't have any powers. And Fire's like, I'm all pooped out. And then Bloodwind's like, dude, you guys got to get out of here. If you don't have any more powers, he's going to kick your ass. And Doomsday grabs Booster Gold by the throat, and he opens the car door, and he sticks his head in, and he just slams the car door on his face. (laughs) And Booster Gold is out. And then Fire's running over to where Ice is to try to help her from the fire building. And Booster or uh, Guy Gardner's like, I can't see, but I can hear him. I'm going to try to hit him with my fire beam, my, my power ring. And Doomsday hears him, and he just chucks the corpse, or not the, well, maybe he could be dead, of blue, of uh, Booster Gold. The Guy Gardner is, oh, he fell over. And then Superman and Bloodwind, they try to fight him, and Bloodwind's shooting his eye beams everywhere. And Doomsday's grabbing him and he's using his eye beams to knock out the house of poor Mitch and his family. And oh no, Mitch goes, ah shit, man, if he fucking hit the gas line, we're done. And guess what he hit? The goddamn gas line. Uh-huh. The house blows up everywhere. But fire, she's knocked out. Ice, she's knocked out. And Mitch is like, oh no, where is everybody? Ma! Ma! Fuck the meatloaf! Are you okay, Ma? And he sees his mom, and she's smoking, and she's breathing in all the smoke, rather, and she's coughing, and Doomsday lands, and then he pounces to the sky, and Superman's like, no, no way is that maniac escaping me. And Superman flies out into space to try to catch Doomsday, and Mitch, poor Mitch, he goes, oh, man, she must be hurt or something. I wonder, there's flames everywhere. You think she's fucking hurt, Mitch? <laughs> Maybe you should worry about your goddamn algebra. What a fucking asshole. The fire's surrounding us. I'll never get her out. I need help, but the Justice League, it looks way out of it. Fire's out cold. Ice is out cold. Booster Gold and Bloodwind are out. Even Guy Gardner can't see shit. The only one who can save us is Superman. But he's already bugged out after that goddamn monster. Superman! And then we see Superman flying through the sky after Doomsday. And he goes, yeah, I know I can hear poor Mitch. Poor Mitchell, I can hear him, but it doesn't matter. I have to stop Doomsday. I have to ignore Mitch's cries. Because Doomsday could kill hundreds of others. And then Mitch, he goes, please, Superman, you got to save us. You got to hear us. Help us. Help us. Superman's like, if I let Doomsday go, there's no telling what devastation I'll be responsible for. All the time he's thought about this, he could have just went there and saved her. Hey, this is true. Maybe he thinks as fast as a speeding bullet. That's true. Uh, And he says, much as it pains me, I have to stay with him and block out the plea for help. Please, Superman! Mitch is being engulfed by flames. You just gotta come back. You gotta! Please! Continued in our next chapter. (gasps) Superman might leave poor Mitch hanging. Yeah, poor Mitch. Speaking of hanging, Baron, you gonna leave us hanging? You got a goddamn uh, cartoon for us today. What's the deal? (laughs) Oh, yes. For you, Smitty, I do, you see. Now, you listeners out there in radio world, you may not know this, but Smitty is a fan of the, the football. And his favorite team in the football is, is the Vikings of Minnesota. Oh, no kidding. Yes, I've heard they've not been playing well this year, huh, Smitty? They've lost, what, two? Two in a row. Two of their football games, yes. What say you? Hmm? Yeah, Baron, two games. Yeah, never. Don't talk about their kicker. Mm, speaking of kicking, I'm going to kick this comic to high gear, because as much as those Vikings of Minnesota are horrible, so is another Viking. Hagar! You're horrible, you see. He is a Viking of ear taste, just like your Vikings from Minnesota, Mr. Smith. You see that terrible, just as Hagar is horrible. You see, hmm, we see Hagar's wife. She's quite haggard, if you get my drift. Not a very fine-looking woman. And she says, after the winter, hmm, everything smells so musty. I'm going to put everything out to air it. Hagar, drinking his cup of mead, says, yes, dear, that's a good idea. <laughs> the next thing we see is poor Hagar out on his bum, outside in the wilderness. And she says, Hagar's wife, she says, next time I'm going to 
do it to the furniture, you see, because Hagar smells musty. He stinks just like your Vikings from Minnesota stink, Smitty. They stink. <laughs> Fuck you, Baron. Yeah, this this shit's real. But well played. <laughs> he got you. Yeah, that was that was well done. <laughs> I spent four hours watching that food spoil game, and I understand none of it except for when you're a kicker. Your job, your single occupation, is to kick that orb-like structured ball through the yellow sticks. They call them uprights because they are upright toward the sky. I don't believe that kicker's occupation is to push that ball to the left of us, to the right of us. Spinning, spinning nowhere, you see, Smitty. <laughs> they chuck, they're terrible. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is no one's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. That, that I, think he's, I think that he's saying that deep. Minnesota's got a really bad history I'm, with kickers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't bring me back to 1998, thank you. It's a good year. Yeah, but they no. fucked up. Yeah. Um, hey, I mean, hey, my Colts are owned too, so we're in the same boat, pal. That's true. That Perhaps true. my Vikings can ride your Colts to a terrible town. <laughs> we're heading there. Yeah, speeding, speeding train. Yep. yep. Um, but that's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap on this week's episode. We'll be back next week, myself and Schmitty, uh, and then we have an interesting fill-in uh, guest coming back. I'm really excited. Hopefully, everything pans out. Um, so be on the lookout for that within you know the next couple of weeks when uh, when Will is out of town. So uh, on that note, in closing, as always, what does Anakin say when he's doing that thing? It's Tatooine. Now it? this is podcasting. Oh, I thought it was about sand. It's coarse, so coarse. <laughs>